Good morning. It is March 3rd, 2024, and this is episode 95 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, a podcast by a dreamer for dreamers, a stand-up comedian, actor, and improviser. Paul Green here, taking you on my journey as a wild, wild than the crazy dreamer. Ooh, that's an old school reference. Any SNL fans out there? Old school Steve Martin, wild and crazy guys. So, I have had quite a day that I will catch you up on. Um, I'm, of course, referring to yesterday. So, yesterday I was in Cape May, New Jersey, which is like the very southeast tip of the state in this really quaint uh, town, very small town feel, you know, old architecture, beautiful, uh, slow streets, (laughs) you know what I mean, all of that. And I got this gig through a buddy of mine who's a fantastic comedian, and has had a lot of success in his career. And he's friends with these um, two brothers who are local residents of Cape May. And they kind of run the town. You kind of get that feel. One of them's a realtor. The other one runs a, uh, like a, I think like a window business or something. Um, and it was just kind of fun driving around the town because you see their name everywhere. Um, you know, like I saw their office that had their name on it and a bunch of like, just driving around the town, you'll see like their real estate signs and their advertisements are everywhere. And they're, they're just really cool guys. Um, had a chance to meet them and go to dinner with them. So they have a foundation, a nonprofit that raises money for spinal cord injury research and to support uh, families who are, um, you know, have somebody in their family who is injured. And I got to be honest, I drastically underestimated the scope of this gig when I got booked for it. When my uh, comedian friend booked me, he just said like, oh, yeah, you know, they, they have like their annual fundraiser. It's in this small town. I was literally expecting like, you know, 30 people in, like, the back room of a restaurant or something. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was much bigger than that. They went, they rented this, um, it was like a, a winery and a vineyard, and there was a gigantic reception hall. I would assume that they also do, like, weddings and stuff there, but like a very, very large um, reception hall on this large property that was a wine vineyard. And probably maybe three to 400 people. That's probably a conservative estimate. And they had tons and... Well, not tons and tons. um, Like a bunch of tables and chairs set up for the dinner. And then behind the tables and the chairs portion of this large reception hall, 
they just had rows of chairs set up even behind that. And they probably had at least another hundred chairs um, set up behind where the tables were. I mean, it was it was pretty massive. Um, so it was a little overwhelming. I am not going to lie. I I was not anticipating that big of a crowd. Um, and actually, it was it was pretty tough. The crowd did not, as a whole, ever get focused. So, if you can imagine that many people, they were serving dinner. There were big tables, you know, the tables maybe sat about eight or ten people just round, you know, like round tables. You just kind of can look, uh, you just think of like a regular, you know, ballroom type setting like at a big hotel or something like that. It it had that feel. Um, and they had a stage, of course, and um, like two really large flat screen TVs that had the 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 logo of of the brothers and it was their foundation the DeSantis foundation and they had these really nice banners you know just the whole thing was was very well done very elegant you know the open bar they had the bar in the back um you know fully catered a fully catered dinner um they showed a video up front on those big screen televisions about um somebody who had um, a spinal cord injury and his story and it was a um you know he was surfing and got injured and then you know these lifeguards saved him and the lifeguards were there <laughs> and so you know they stood up and everybody clapped for him and um so ju- just a really really cool event um and so yeah so they you know did some announcements they showed the video and then they had me come up and do some comedy. Um, it w- it was pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. It was really hard because the venue was so gigantic. There were so many people and there was no way to really get them focused. Um, you know, with, with that many people who were all socializing and even though it was a comedy event, to, to to really get that many people to, like, just commit to focusing on the comedy. Um, plus, the sound was not stellar. It was okay. Um, but it was very boomy, which is probably just more a, a concern of the venue. The venue had really high ceilings, these, like, gigantic chandeliers. Um, the, the venue was kind of a, uh, uh, how do I describe it? A a bit of a cabin feel-esque, you know, it kind of had like the, it was very like a wooden sort of, um, kind of out in the woods type feel. Um, although, you know, I mean, it was, it wasn't like we were in the woods. We're talking about Cape May, New Jersey. There's probably a better way to describe what the architecture was like. Um, maybe just more like if you think of like old kind of Victorian, um, like wooden trusses and, um, I don't even know how to describe those ceilings when they like go up in a triangle. (laughs) I should probably know those architecture terms, but I don't. Um, but really, really high ceilings, probably like 30 foot ceilings, 
um, which is just really hard for stand-up comedy when you have a high ceiling. Um, it's really hard for audio. They they had an audio guy there who had speakers placed throughout the hall. I, I noticed, I think he had um, six different uh, speaker placements, you know, on on stands um, throughout the hall. Um, but even that, you know, it to try to get that many people um, in that large of a space when there's that much going on, when there's a bar, you know, there's people at tables, there's people behind them in chairs. There were like these VIP couches um, that people could reserve and there are dinner going on and you have caterers bring in plates of food and people getting up and ordering drinks and, you know, and, and it's a, it, it, it's a smaller, tighter community. So everybody is how to doing and talking and networking, you know, and it's, it's, it's just really, again, really difficult in that scenario to actually get the entire venue to like stop what they're doing, look at the stage. Plus, another thing is the stage was not lit at all. They didn't have a spotlight, um, you know, so we were, we were just kind of stuck with sort of the ambient uh, lighting of the venue. Again, there were like these two gigantic chandeliers, but there was no real light splashing on stage that like screamed out, hey, everybody, look right here where the big spotlight is on the bald comedian and um and we didn't really have a host um who could really command the room to get them focused which even if we did have a host it, it I've been in those situations excuse me those situations it is a gigantic undertaking to actually try to get a room of that size in that scenario, to all quiet down, stop talking, stop eating, you know, stop shuffling, stop getting up, going to the bar, and, you know, and the problem is, even if, even if 80% of the room is focused and listening, the other 20% who are talking is so loud. It's so loud. Um, it really is, is overpowering. So, um, I, I got thrown a little bit, but I think that's still just where I'm at in my confidence level. So, you know, I went up there and, you know, I did like my first couple of jokes and I, and I couldn't hear anybody laughing and, so that that threw me because then of course I go like oh my gosh they aren't laughing. Turns out they were actually laughing plenty, but it was so drowned out by the cacophony of noise, um, that I couldn't really. I honestly I couldn't hear it. Um, so I got a little nervous because like the two guys who hired and paid you know to have me come out were you know, like right there in the front row. <laughs> and so like I say my first joke and I look out and, and I don't hear anything other than just constant talking. And I had a little bit of a PTSD, a little bit of a flashback for my New Year's Eve gig 
Uh, for those of you who follow the podcast, I had one of the worst shows of my life on New Year's Eve where I performed for the uh, uh, the NA, uh, an NA event, um, which actually was very similar in terms of the feel. Like a big, huge room, lots of tables, food going on, cacophony of sound, nobody's focused. The difference between that night and this night is... Um, you know, the show last night, it actually is a comedy show. They they advertise it as a comedy fundraiser, and they've been doing a comedy fundraiser there for years and years and years. So people actually know that that's what the expectation is. Um, so it actually was not nearly as bad as my <laughs> New Year's Eve gig, which, again, anybody who's followed that know, knew that that, uh, you know, had some serious PTSD and I talked about that for several weeks after because it was so traumatizing. But anyway, so I get up, um, I do as much riffing as I can because I'm like me just starting with jokes is, is going to be really tough. I wanted to try to see if I could get some more attention because I, I, I have nobody's attention. You know, when I was brought up on stage, Again, uh, you know, the one of the brothers who I talked about, you know, who runs the foundation brought me up on stage, but, you know, he wasn't really able to, like, get the whole room to, like, quiet down and listen and focus. And by the way, nobody was uh, able to do that. Um, so anyway, I just did a lot of sort of riffing. I did go into my material. I really only did probably three or four jokes for my actual routine. Other than that, it was all riffing, all off the cuff. I brought up two people from the front table, uh, a husband and wife, and interviewed them and found out about the relationship. And then I closed by improvising a song about them. And everybody really loved it. Um, it was hard to tell. Again, I, I never heard one laugh the entire time, but... Um, after after the show, I had um, the 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 two brothers came up to me and were like, "Dude, you crushed it! Wow, you know." And they were blown away. And then my buddy who booked me, so he went up after me and just did a fantastic job. But they didn't even they didn't even stop talking for him. They just talked through his entire routine, which I think he was up there for about forty five minutes, which is just brutal. And again, he's one of the funniest stand-up comedians I I I know, like living right now. And and what was really cool is when I was sitting down at the table, I could hear like the person right next to me laughing. And I could hear like people close to me laughing. So I'm like, oh, people are laughing, the people who are able to pay attention through through all of the chaos. And I was like, oh, okay, so Maybe that's what was happening is people were laughing. I just literally couldn't hear them. Um, and that was what was happening uh, for my buddy, uh, Andrew, who just went up there and, and killed it. So um, did the show. Got a lot of compliments from, uh, you know, the people who booked me, which is always important. And a lot of other people came up and said they really enjoyed it, had a great time, which was fantastic. So then... I got a little spontaneous. So my plan this whole weekend was obviously to come out and do the show in New Jersey. But what I wanted to do 
is head down to Washington, D.C. for a couple of days and check out the sites because I've never been to D.C. And I'm like, man, I'm so close. So I was planning on going to D.C. today. However, my buddy who I came with, he is flying out of Philadelphia. So my plan was, all right, I'll just go back with my buddy uh, to Philadelphia. I'll rent a car. He'll hop on a plane and go to Philadelphia. I'll rent a car, drive down to D.C. for a couple of days, drive back to D.C. That's where my flight is out of. Well, my buddy informs me that his flight is until the evening and he doesn't want to go to Philadelphia until like 4 or 5 p.m., which would pretty much mean I wouldn't get to D.C. until tonight, like at 9 p.m., and pretty much burn the entire day. So I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So I pretty much spent the whole day and evening trying to figure out an inexpensive way to get to either Philadelphia and rent a car or get down to D.C. and get back to Philadelphia. I'm just strategizing trying to figure out Google stuff. <laughs> you know, I talked to the guys who booked us. Um, they said, well, we might have a friend driving to Philadelphia, you know, who can maybe take you and all this stuff. So all of those plans fell through. So after the show, I'm talking to the uh, to the bookers, the, the, the guys who put on the event. And he said, well, you know, there's a bus station right by the place where you're staying. And... There will be buses, this is the New Jersey Transit, that will go up to Atlantic City, and then Atlantic City has a train that goes straight to Philadelphia. And I'm like, that would be awesome. So, I tell my buddy, and then my my buddy goes, well, I... I'm actually going out with a friend of mine, and it and it kind of seemed like uh, I want to go out with this buddy one on one without you. <laughs> Which, by the way, not offense, not offended. I totally get that. Um, so he just gave me the keys to the rental car and said, "All right, yeah, um, you know, I'll see you later tonight." But I'm going. Well, I need to try to get to a bus station, I think, and try to get to. Atlantic City and then try to get a train from Atlantic City to Philadelphia so that I can get into Philadelphia in the morning and rent a car and then get down to DC and actually be able to spend the whole day in DC and do all the touristy stuff. So I get the car, I go back to where we were staying. Uh, turns out the bus station is like a 15 minute walk. So I pull up the bus schedule and I see that there is a bus leaving for Atlantic City in like 30 minutes, which is perfect. So I lock up the apartment. There was a lockbox on it where we were staying, but the lockbox, um, you know, I leave the keys to the rental car that my buddy had rented in the apartment. And then I just walk with my big, gigantic, heavy bag and my backpack for about 15 minutes to this bus station. <laughs> and like, I have no idea how to get on the bus. I have no idea how to get a ticket. Um, I get to the bus stop, there's nobody there, and it's like dark and vacant, so I'm just going, oh my gosh, is this even a thing? You know, I'm totally out of my element. I have no idea how any of this system works. So I get to this this bus station, and there's a sign on the wall that says, this is not a bus station, this is a bus stop. Um, If you need any information or any help, call this number. So I was like, I need a lot of help. So I call the phone number, and of course the phone number 
says, we are closed at the moment. Please call us to, you know, uh, between our business hours, which is, you know, 5 a.m. to whatever. And I'm going, well, that doesn't help me now because it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm in Cape May, New Jersey. And, you know, I, I, I don't have any plans. I don't have any hotels. I don't have any rental cars. I don't have any bus tickets, plane tickets. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how I'm going to get to Philadelphia. I don't know how I'm going to get to D.C. I don't know how I'm going to get to Atlantic City. I, like, I don't know anything. And so um, finally, another person shows up. So I'm like, okay, sweet. This is a place for bus stops or, you know, at least I think. And I go try to talk to the guy and he doesn't speak English. And so I try to say, like, does this bus go to Atlantic City? Does it go to Philadelphia? Where are you going? And and he just was like, I don't know. I don't know. And it, I think I kind of, like, scared him. So I think he was like, I don't know who you are, but I don't want to talk to you. And I'm scared. So I'm just like, okay, no problem. So I just left him alone. Well, about five minutes later, a bus shows up. And I talk to the guy. And I go, like, is this bus going to Atlantic City? And he said, yes, at least at 1030. And I'm like, sweet. About five minutes later, another bus shows up and it literally says on the LED screen in the front of the bus, Philadelphia, 30th Street. I'm going like, are you freaking kidding me? Because I was going to go to Atlantic City and then take a train to Philadelphia. But if this bus just goes straight to Philadelphia, uh, that cuts out a middleman. So I go to the bus driver and I said, are you driving to Philadelphia? He said, yeah. I'm like, right now? He goes like, yeah, right now. <laughs> okay. So I just grabbed my stuff and then he, uh, the bus had a, um, you know, like a, like a, a point of sale terminal that had the little signal. That means it took, takes, uh, Apple pay. Um, now I don't have an iPhone. I have Google pay, but I've learned that that is actually the same thing. Although I know you iPhone users think you're better than everyone. Uh, so all I had to do is literally just put my phone up on the thing, pulls up my credit card, boom. All of a sudden, for 20 bucks, I'm on a bus to Philadelphia from Cape May, New Jersey. <laughs> so I just got on this bus and, the you know, the bus stopped a bunch of times in between there. But it took about three hours. And next thing I know, uh, we roll into Philadelphia. The bus driver's like, cool, uh, you know, this is welcome to Philadelphia. And he pulls off. And, uh, you know, I just said, well, I'm trying to get to the airport. Um, I ended up renting a hotel near the Philadelphia airport. So I'm like, all I need to do is get to my airport. And he just goes, yeah, you're probably just best off Ubering. So drops me off at the bus stop. I get an Uber, drops me off at the hotel. And so I'm now at a hotel near the Philadelphia airport um, when I'm filming this. So I, I filmed this last night and, uh, Today, I will be getting a rental car and driving down to D.C. I got me a hotel um, down near Washington, D.C. So I will be in D.C. tomorrow. I do have a fun idea for a podcast idea I'm going to try to do as well. So, you know, this is just, this is my life, everybody, as I pursue my dreams and, you know, try to grow my career as a comedian and get these types of experiences 
these kind of fun, spontaneous travel, figuring stuff out, ending up on buses at midnight, driving through New Jersey and Philadelphia and renting cheap hotels and getting Ubers and figuring it all out as I go. So really, really fun weekend, really fun show. Although it was it was a tough crowd, I still had a great time. My buddy Andrew was awesome and killed it. It was great getting to hang with him. And, you know, grateful that he hooked me up with this gig, the, um, the, uh, the bookers, the, um, the organizers of the event, the DeSantniks, um, you know, I talked to one of them again after the show, he just said, you know, you absolutely killed it. And he just said, let me make sure I have your number because, you know, there's a lot of other people here who run charities. And he said something that was really flattering and he just said, and Make sure that you charge what you're worth and ask for what you want because you don't need to shortchange yourself. And I was like, that is really flattering. And, you know, maybe that's the theme of today's podcast is don't shortchange yourself. If you're out there hustling, you know that you're good at what you do. You know that you've put in the work. Whatever your dream is, whatever you're doing, you know, don't shortchange yourself. And um, go get that dream and be rewarded for it and let people see that and let people know what you're up to and, you know, and and share whatever it is that you are um, out there presenting. And again, I know I'm a comedian, so that gets a little specific, but no matter what it is that you're up to, if it's art, if it's business, if it's, you know, performance, whatever your dream is. You know, go pursue it, have experiences, see what happens, and uh, don't shortchange yourself. All right, my friends, so I'll let you go for now, and uh, tomorrow I will let you know how my first day in D.C. was, and I will uh, talk to you then. So thank you so much for listening to the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, a podcast by a dreamer for dreamers, March 3rd. 2024 episode 95. I love you all so much and I'll talk to you soon.